you know what we're referring to? I do, yes. <laughs> I've heard tale. <laughs> what is bringing me an ocean of pleasure? Because <laughs> I described the story as I was talking to David, and then, like, he turns to Alex and says, can I bring up what we were talking about earlier? And I thought it was going to be like a movie or like shit talking, a comedian. And then that's what you said. And I screamed. Okay, so I'm I'm recording now. David, why don't you go ahead and, and walk us through play by play what you've uh, uh, come to know. All right. So last Friday, Alex and I were hanging out at a party and we left to go get some uh, Mexican food. And in the middle of dinner, he, he said this as if it were normal, as if... Uh, this was something that happened to everybody. He phrased it as if, don't you hate it when you're having sex and when you come, your balls go inside of you. (laughs) (laughs) David's always bringing us the best Alex content. Oh, it's great. (laughs) Casual Alex here. I think it was... We were talking about somebody we know. Somebody we know was having sex with a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And then I was wondering how the physical anatomy of that works. And (laughs) then organically, (laughs) I said, you know how all of our balls, sometimes because our hip bones are so big and the socket's just there, it just juts up inside you, you know, like, and you got to push it back out. I, organic conversation. I, I, yeah, adding the context about the trans woman explained nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> it explains, it was kind of related. No. I was it was <laughs> under the umbrella of anatomy, mishaps, and hijinks. And there we go. Y'all really should have just asked me about the first question when you approached me drunk at that party, because I can help you with that, but I can't. I can't help you with your balls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I don't need help. They're fine. And I am, I am proud. They're just little travelers. That's all. <laughs> They go inside you when you come. Not all the time, just some of the time. (laughs) Only if I'm really shooting ropes. Good times! Good times! Sometimes I'll be having sex and I'll be like, oh, am I in in REI right now? Because there's so many ropes. Turn that to the store. <laughs> oh, gotta keep these. I, don't, I have no shame. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can someone intro this show now? Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, the ballless wonder, Alex Patak. <laughs> as here, as, uh, as usual, are my co host, Jeremy Hammond. Uh, wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. And Katie Rose Leon. Hello. You're supposed to say wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. You know the new rules. I think that's wiggly, wiggly, wack. rule. When I call on you, you say wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, joining the show as a very special guest who talks out of class, David Spector. Hey, Dragon Ball people. Hello. Wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. Wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. We're here for another episode of Good. Good times, strutting, showing our stuff, <laughs> talking about the events of the week, and creepy Nazi shit we found online. 
And then at some point, Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> For a small portion of time, Dragon Ball GT will be included. <laughs> it sounds like that's a random amount of shit. It's because it is. <laughs> this show is the what's bottom of the pretzel bag of fucking podcast. You know, the what's bottom all of the pretzel bag. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Katie's parts. I edit out of the two minutes podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was, I was salty. Hold on, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, in in Europe, they don't even have standard text messages. They use what's bottom of the pretzel bag. You know, like WhatsApp. Mm. Y- yeah. You know, your balls go inside you when you come. <laughs> all right, we're Do you moving know that salt on. Salt is stored in the balls. <laughs> Time is stored it. in the balls. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to talk about on this podcast because I felt very blindsided by this witch hunt for my balls. Well, we're talking about personal stories about Alex. Uh, You know what it might have been, too, is, you know, when all the kids are playing soccer and one of them just takes a full foot right in the ball sack? Yeah. That happened to me like an abnormal amount of times. <laughs> He's like, a very I would physical just, yeah. player. He really commits to those tackles. I like It was like there were magnets involved, and I'd just get blasted over and over again <laughs> in a state of eternal damnation. <laughs> Sack-wise. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, character in the Lord of the Rings parody? Mine is Sackwise Gamgee. <laughs> <laughs> What were you going to say, Jair Bear? Oh, I was going to talk about uh, just a little update for all our Patreon pals about where that Patreon money is going. Alex and I went for a lovely dinner out uh, at a very fancy restaurant together. It's true. Luxury. Uh, it was the finest. It, genuinely experience. a luxury experience. And uh, at some point, Alex just... I don't know where this came from, but like we were all like pretty drunk, but like okay. And out of nowhere, Alex is just like a disaster at the end of the day. Yeah, that uh, I uh, heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to keep him like several times from just like openly making out with his fiance in the middle of this restaurant. <laughs> I have a lot of love in me. I know, and you said that too. I was like, hey, man. (laughs) (laughs) It was very sweet because I turned to you and I was like, hey, man, uh, maybe cool it. (laughs) And you're like, oh, but I love her so much. Oh, Jesus Christ. Precious, actually. Uh, Yeah, I didn't actually think it was that bad. And then the next morning, Alyssa was showing me videos of me just dancing for a camera (laughs) while we were at a table, which is weird because I vividly remember all of the food we (laughs) ate. So, like, my brain shut off and then would click back in when it was like, ooh, cake. Oh, good thing we know a guy who works here. Wow. (laughs) It's as if your brain went inside you. (laughs) See how when you eat, your brain goes inside? (laughs) How's everyone's week? What's everyone up to? Uh, I'm just uh, full of shame. How's everyone (laughs) Alex, I value our friendship. Thank you, Katie. (laughs) The blood moon happened, and I had a bunch of men say that to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think they got scared that I was going to rise again. <laughs> well, that's what happens at the Blood Moon is all of the all of the, the monsters that you killed, they right. come back to life. Yeah, also, Katie's wings unfold. I can start literally anyone's period during the month. 
<laughs> she does like a bewitched like nose twitch. <laughs> I was just alphaing down all of Bushwick. I'm like, you had plans this weekend? I don't think so. <laughs> you thought you were pregnant, but you're not. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> did you take it to the worst place immediately? Yeah. David, when did you become such an edge lord? Yeah. It <laughs> was when happened? he bought cargoes. <laughs> <laughs> David's wearing cargoes. The khakis bring it out at me, yeah. Was it the rat in your apartment watching that rat die that changed you forever? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on just this rat situation. Well, let's, let's do like a quick it. rundown. Yeah. Tell us the rat story. Okay, so this was several months ago um there were rats in my apartment and i wanted to poison them but my roommates uh opposed it because they were hippies so there were just like rats in our apartment for and then one day we moved you had more roommates that were rats in your apartment uh yes exactly yeah exactly and then one day we like moved the uh fridge and there was just like rat shit like a mountain of rat shit behind it Woo! and oh, wow Basically, there was a lot of arguments with me and the roommates. Eventually, uh, I wasn't allowed to poison the rat, but one of my roommates was convinced we could trap it in our oven and move the entire oven out of the apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Not like a shoebox? The oven? The oven, yes. Did it they work? Make rat traps that do exactly that. Well, we tried the humane traps, but those don't work. Not for a rat of this caliber. In <laughs> <laughs> it was a cunning rat. <laughs> this rat signed a lease. <laughs> You're not going to get it in a box. <laughs> so then, like, we got, like, the glue traps and the snap traps, and it did get caught in the glue trap, but my roommate, uh, when she saw it, wouldn't do anything, so he just escaped. And then... <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be that this this glued rat just stayed in the middle of your floor for weeks. I mean, no. It, well, the weird thing. So what happened was he escapes and I get home and there's a bunch of hair on the glue trap. And I'm like, oh, the rat escaped. And then my roommate goes, no, he did it. He got stuck on another glue trap after and pulled himself into the oven. So we need <laughs> So we need to move the oven right now. This is like 1 or 2 a.m., by the way. And then we all got together, chucked our oven out on the front porch, and then just, like, dusted our hands and was like, mission accomplished. The the rat was still there. (laughs) And that's when you start reconsidering the estate tax. (laughs) Families need legacies. A conservative is a liberal who moves his oven. Don't wait for big government to come down. Move your oven for you. <laughs> Damn. So anyway, come visit New York, everybody. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, and it's covered in diarrhea all the time. <laughs> the streets are full of ovens. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Should we move on to the dark passenger? Yeah. What uh, What Beep, are people aboard? What are people with bowl cuts doing this week? Oh, what's going on with people with bowl cuts this week? Well, we come back. Uh, uh, that gentleman is clearly wearing a hat. Yeah, that's true. He is a. Uh, Who knows is... what's going on under there? This is a truly masculine man. He has a. Uh, 
He has a wide-brimmed hat, a corduroy blazer, and a fat cigar. A thick cigar. Does he have uh, mascara on, or is that a monocle? No, uh, it's just glasses. A... Oh no, it's dark eyes because he's up all night worrying about the state of men in our society. Now mm. I'm excited to be back at LegendsOfMen.com after Jeremy <laughs> sent us to AnimeNews.biz Anime last right week. Dot news. <laughs> A terrible, terrible corner of the internet I'd never want to return to. <laughs> okay, so this is from LegendsOfMen.com. The article titled, Four Powerful Lessons Men Should Learn from Dragon Ball Super. Powerful stuff. Powerful. <laughs> now, these are lessons for powerful men, or they're lessons that are powerful? I think they're lessons that will make you powerful. Why not both? <laughs> Alex, the grammar was not at all unclear on that. <laughs> you know damn well. <laughs> There's no commas at Legend you know, of Man. <laughs> you know what? I don't think no I... Period. The most feminine of punctuation. <laughs> okay. Commas are feminizing men. <laughs> sorry. I don't think I'm ready I'm, to learn I'm these so rules. Sorry I'm, to, I'm so sorry for what I'm about to say, but I thought periods were the most feminine punctuation. <laughs> I'm sorry. All of my anger directs at women. I threw a cup at David. David okay. and Alex are about to get a slap. Step out of the way. Just try going for my balls. Anyway, read us these powerful right. tips. Checking back in with our friend Jared Trueheart. As a rule, anime wait, is... Wait, 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 wait. So this... I'm sorry to interrupt, but this uh, very powerful man decided to go by Jared Trueheart. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not a birth name. Because <laughs> well, he couldn't get uh, he couldn't get the copyright on his chosen name, Dick Fucking Way. <laughs> <laughs> the most masculine man, Orin Pony Sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As a rule, anime is not a good medium for boys or men to consume. <laughs> Thesis. I'm with them so far. They consistently portray women as the physically superior sex, which is a biological falsehood, parentheses, <laughs> or fantasy, depending on your perspective. They also consistently portray men as being afraid of sex with beautiful women. They the portray school buses as big, friendly cats. <laughs> This is a flaw of modern males, one that should in no way, shape, or form be celebrated. That was one paragraph. One paragraph. All of those ideas happened in five sentences. Also, clearly this man did not take debate. Why are you, like, negging your own thesis out the gate? <laughs> well, never have I more agreed with the first sentence of a paragraph and then completely disagreed with all the conclusions from it. <laughs> I agree, anime shouldn't be consumed by anybody, but not for those reasons. What uncharacteristic bad judgment coming from David's back. <laughs> the exception to the no anime rule is the Dragon Ball series. I like it for a number of reasons. One of which is the way that it portrays characters as training to achieve a goal, rather than just achieving a goal without working for it. In the Bootstraps! Latest... <laughs> Bootstraps! In All the... the characters wear boots. <laughs> In the latest Dragon Ball series titled Dragon Ball Super, the themes portrayed are especially healthy and masculine. Goku Kamehameha's The Wage Gap Theory. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the stakes are high, and as a result, some powerful masculine themes are exhibited. Yeah. This is like a show with like talking like uh, alfs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't mean GT. GT is not canon in their defense. <laughs> okay, powerful lesson number one. Ignoring your limits to break through them. Men today too often accept their limits as God-given. On the contrary, your limits are almost always self-imposed. Sometimes this is due to competing priorities and the requirements needed to progress. That's understandable. We all have to make choices with the limited amount of time we have. But when we do dedicate ourselves to a task or a skill or a project, there is no limit holding you back. For instance, Jared totally got turned down from uh, Return of Kings like five times. (laughs) (laughs) So he started his own blog. (laughs) You know what? Good on you, Jared. I just love the idea of like, so he puts on his hat. He's like, let me type on my Dragon Ball Z Meds Rights uh, blog. That nothing can hold you back in life. There's nothing you can do and send. Uh, okay, lesson two. Rise to meet the occasion. All right. When men today face challenges, they have the same three options. Oh. Too many men choose the first or second option. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, oh, shit. I think I cut the part where he Oh, you cut the first options. two options? Yeah. It must have been boring. <laughs> <laughs> the third option where men find a way is the masculine way. <laughs> oh, I have a feeling the, the other two were not as good as that. <laughs> uh, 95% of the time when a man faces a challenge and does everything he can do to overcome it, he will rise to meet that occasion. I don't know what dudes this guy knows. Right? No. <laughs> also, I... has he just never heard of, like, poverty? <laughs> Oh, I mean... Those you... people who don't own Dragon Ball blogs. <laughs> <laughs> this one percenter up in his ivory <laughs> Dragon Ball tower. Wait, wait, maybe he thinks all poverty-stricken people are women. And they're like, yeah, they never choose the masculine way to handle decisions. <laughs> no, no, no. When, uh, when my cousin got cancer, he took all the alpha brain he could, and he rose to that occasion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, third lesson. Creativity. And this is where it kind of goes really off the rails, I think. No, just now. Okay. Just now. Uh, this is where it does. Yeah. Uh, it's well known that the enemies of America cannot compete with us militarily. <laughs> this much I know is true. really zooms out the legs. <laughs> you know this show was made in Japan, my man. Uh, one no. of our defeated foes. We are simply... Too strong, too big, and have too much industry and infrastructure to be beaten by similar opponents. <laughs> but America's enemies get creative. Yeah, they do. They don't use <laughs> tanks and choppers to kill Americans. <laughs> Just imagine like watching the events of 9-11 unfold, and it's like, this is outside the box. They, get- <laughs> they hijack airplanes. <laughs> and You broke David. (laughs) They plant explosives in their own roads and let us detonate them unknowingly. Ah, the American military. (laughs) The American military responded not by getting bigger. It did get bigger, but that wasn't effective. But by getting more creative. (laughs) More creative. Getting more creative. All right, so this has all been like a giant like penis metaphor, but this more so than anything. (laughs) I responded not by getting bigger. (laughs) 
think he knows what creativity is. Uh, okay, and I'm just going to wrap this up real quick because uh, the last point is family. Ah. Family! Which he says is by far the most important lesson of the series. Why do you care to improve yourself? Why break through your limits? Why rise to meet the occasion? Why hijack an airplane and kill 3,000? <laughs> The fighters of Dragon Ball Super do it to keep their families alive. Uh... There are moments in the series where the fighters look down and out. They look spent and ready to lose, but the thoughts and memories of their families inspire something in them. Y'all motherfuckers ever meet a Goku? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this dude has watched none of Dragon Ball Super. Remember that scene where Goku's gonna lose to Frieza, but then he remembers to protect a future for his white children? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to move on from this. There's so much more. It's the a very fact that it article. went from that second paragraph to that third paragraph is nuts. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll put the link in the description. Everybody, check out Jared Trueheart's book, Making Manhood in Modern America. Uh, Yo, let I'm me gonna... see that art, Daddy. <laughs> Controversial uh, opinion. Don't check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't buy Jared this book. Jared Trueheart is bad. <laughs> We are not intending to sell copies of Jared's book. That's not why this is part of the show. It's part of the show to fill time. <laughs> also, on the topic of uh, uh, rising to the occasion 95% of the time and breaking through your limits, uh, I looked up his web traffic, uh, and uh, he gets 65 organic clicks a month. Unbelievable. Whoa. Unreal. <laughs> the power of a dedicated man. It's what? not about getting bigger. It's about getting creative. <laughs> I mean, we did generate some of those clicks, my dude. <laughs> I wonder how many of those clicks are actually us. <laughs> oh, man. Balling out. <laughs> You're his only fan. <laughs> You know, guys, this is fun, and I'm going to look back on this when I'm eventually murdered by Jared. <laughs> Woo-wee. All right. Woo-woo. Okay. Let's get into the episode. The part we've all been waiting for, a recap of a TV show that's been off the air for 15 years. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Alex, when you said we do it to waste time, you sounded so much like John F. Kennedy. I know. <laughs> we do it to waste time. <laughs> Not because it is easy, but because it is dumb. <laughs> Ick bean ein whisker man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that cues us into the title of this episode, an episode of Dragon Ball GT called Whisker Power. <laughs> Just a friendly reminder, the Japanese title of it is eight words long. <laughs> <laughs> this was a heavily anticipated two-parter where the first episode ended with Trunks being dressed up as a beautiful bride to be married off to a catfish monster who creates earthquakes with his big whispers while he talks of rape. <laughs> and so we open on that scene. There's a wonderful uh, uh, Legend of Zelda-style village watching a wedding. Trunks is in a veil, and Zunama very sensually would like to take off. Zunama being the catfish monster. <laughs> I wrote down that his voice sounded a lot like ASMR at this part, where it got very soft and asked him to take off the veil. Well, uh, he asked him to take off all of it. Yeah, he, he is a... Demanding. He is so horny. He's so horny this whole He's episode. Very horny. If you know a Zunama, you need to disassociate yourself from him. 
do not open for Zunama in Portland, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Reference uh, to an off-mic conversation. <laughs> I would like to cr- congratulate Zunama on getting to host The Talking Dead. <laughs> They should have wrote Zunama out of season three of Silicon Valley. Zunama's <laughs> <laughs> been hanging out at the cellar. He's going to come back soon. Okay, well. This is the Dragon Ball crying game crossover we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Which one is the crying game? It's uh, it's basically the plot of this episode, okay, give or take. Great. I'm a big fan of this episode. Um, <laughs> so, as we were saying last episode, there is no goddamn good reason why Trunks and Goku, at least if not Pan, shouldn't just kill the catfish immediately with, like, one punch. Goku Since- even says it at one point. He's like, we should just hit him now. And Pan's like, Marriage is about hard work. There's no easy fix. Goku is a goddamn Chad this episode. He's just, he has action in mind and he's not fucking around anymore. So Goku's watching from a bush and he's like, why don't we just kill a bitch? I don't give a fuck anymore. And uh, Pan is like, oh, he could set off a volcano that would destroy the village, which is like, I don't really believe you. And if he did, you could blow it up with your beams or whatever, but that's fine. If uh, if Goku is Chad, uh, does that mean uh, Zunama is an incel? Yeah, Zunama is definitely Zunama is an yeah. incel who flew too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this is about. He was so close to getting his government mandated sex. <laughs> The last time I was here, we were talking about Goku fucking a sheep, and now Trunks is going to fuck a catfish incel. I know. (laughs) And Trunks is so much more closed-minded about it. So Zunama, realizing that uh, they would like some privacy because he is all jizzed up, he picks up (laughs) Trunks in his arms and whisks him off into the woods. Uh, At this point, Trunks touches his whiskers, and he says, and I quote, Don't ever touch my whiskers. (laughs) It could set off an earthquake. It's a very powerful thing. And then as again has this kind of like Catholic marriage type feeling of like what have I done who is this man he's a shell of what he is around my friends uh, Zunama takes him to a lake and then dives underwater bringing trunks to a lair that looks like the background of the sketch old Greg ah the honeymoon yes yes their, their secret little place his swinging bachelor pad with a closet full of lingerie and yeah, bow ties where did he find a closet full of lingerie on this planet of Zelda people it's they in a live, volcano it's they, naturally in there they live in an agrarian society and wood like little shacks made of yeah. mud and straw where did he find like pink lacy lingerie <laughs> like from the 60s use one of these Mowgli's is just like slaving away at like a beautiful silk top I would argue using masculine thinking Zunama creates his own industry thus <laughs> fabricating the lingerie and suits of knight's armor around his house <laughs> uh, so Goku and Pan and uh, this guy who sounds like Bird Person, whose name we've all forgotten, but has giant scissors attached to his back. Other Mowgli. (laughs) His name is Mowgli, and uh, they follow Zunama to the lake, and then notice he must go underwater. At this point, Goku (laughs) takes off all of his clothes, and and the camera 
focus is in on his dick. It's yeah. there. It lingers. It's yeah. part of the show. It's like a different character they're introducing. Yeah, the, the credits. Goku's dick was played. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when you see uh, in like totalitarian states when there's like a portrait of the leader and it's like always viewed slightly from below to give this like really dominant impression. It's like they did that, but for Goku's tiny but little for baby a dick. child peen. <laughs> He's got real big balls. That he does. <laughs> He is, well, that's just proportional to his baby dick. <laughs> I guess it's true. It's, uh, also, uh, uh, are you jealous that they're outside of his body? Yeah, you know where those things aren't. Inside. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the name of your meds rights pocket. They're, not, they're inside and I'm fine. I resent everyone in this room turning me into a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> I will not go into that dark night. <laughs> Yeah, so I think there's a lot of sexual tension between Pan and Goku in this scene that the show just keeps putting back on. Uh, the Japanese subtitles said something like, Damn it, Grandpa, you're a horny grandpa, or something. <laughs> which the dub translated to, like, This isn't a locker room, you old man, or whatever. <laughs> which is a very generous interpretation of that. Yeah, it, it, it makes you... Qu- question a lot of things. And, and then because Mowgli realizes that the situation is weird and the girl keeps calling the younger boy her grandpa, Pan has to like awkwardly explain the show yeah, and starts a personal podcast between her and him. It's not very funny at all. It's not funny and it's like not held long enough to be anything. Like it's just really quick. Like Goku goes underwater. He's like, oh, hey, uh, real quick before we also jump in there and swim after him. Is that your grandpa or what? And he's like, She's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. He, he, he okay, is, cool. Is, it's a whole thing. Goku <laughs> was truly balling out. Super. <laughs> Super! Good time. <laughs> Uh, so they find they find the sneaky lair. Oh no, it's in a volcano under the water. And so, do not. By the way, they swim like two thousand feet underwater in one breath. Mm. It's like a sonic level. It's very <laughs> impressive. Zunama is uh, foraging through his lingerie closet because he's looking for something good for Trunks to wear. It's at this point that he accidentally snatches off Trunks' wig. She snatched her wig. Trunk- if anyone's ever read M Butterfly, you know how devastating this is. <laughs> Uh, Trunks plays it off well. He says, you misunderstand. I am a fraud, but my name is Trunksette, and I'm an incredibly strong and beautiful woman. Yes. Well, I love this plot point because Zumasu, like, it's... it's Zunama. Whatever. (laughs) He has to destroy all pussy plan. (laughs) (laughs) Operation Zero Unfucked. When Trunks' wig gets snatched off his head, uh, he doesn't. Th- he doesn't go. Oh no, you're a man. He goes. Oh, you're a beautiful woman with a spunky haircut that you were embarrassed <laughs> of. And I'm just like. This goes to show you that Trunks is not a handsome man, but a beautiful man. Yes. Well, with an androgynous, beautiful. beautiful look about his angelic face. And you know what? I think the reason he was fighting that dress is he liked that dress he a little too much. He liked the dress much. too much. <laughs> He's a gap-looking motherfucker. If there's one thing Zunama understands is that uh, gender is fluid. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> he really doesn't body... I don't think the lady protests too much. <laughs> uh, also, uh, before we move on, the other thing is that we watched uh, we watched the version that's dubbed but has the Japanese subtitles, and Trunks' Japanese girl name is Tolerance Chan. <laughs> Tolerance Chan! 
not acceptance, Chan. It's just tolerance, Chan. <laughs> that that's like you know how like right after the election, Hillary Clinton made like her own social media. <laughs> you, you do I don't forget what it was called, Verit or something. Do you know uh, what yes. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Peter Dow, but I think she like co-signed it or something. <laughs> well, tolerance, Chan sounds like Hillary Clinton made her own four chat. <laughs> <laughs> Sensible solutions, Chan. All right. Um, So uh, there's a lot of sexual tension between Trunksette and Zunama. Zunama gets the impression that, like, he doesn't really care about this twist with Trunks. He just loves that he has a wife. And then Trunks acts upset, but it seems as if he's really appreciating being the small one in a relationship for once. Yeah. Like, maybe just feels good to be held. Yeah. Uh, And that's coming off of the toxic CEO masculinity he lives in. Uh, But he does dose Zunama's food immediately. (laughs) (laughs) It becomes a a Quentin Tarantino-esque scene Mm. where he has to sneak the drugs into Zunama. And so he makes Zunama eat these, these dosed strawberries... Are they big strawberries? Or some sort of thing like that, like a fruit of some type. Like a one-foot-tall fruit, and Zunama shoves them all in his mouth, and he's like, (laughs) yum, yum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of like a dark scene, because at first Zunama's like, oh, are you going to feed me? And then he spoon-feeds him, and then he's like, and then he just shoves the whole plate. He shoves it in. He's like, eat it, put it in there. Make the rules now. I'm a I'm a businessman. Yeah, but it gets turned around on him. <laughs> yeah, uh, because the potion, which I'm pretty sure is just uh, double speak for alcohol, they're just fucking mm. Zunama up. Yeah. Gets Zunama incredibly drunk mm. and incredibly horny. He's so horny he yeah. cannot wait anymore, and he slaps Trunks. He was a regular Alex at a fancy dinner. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Damn. <laughs> he will be missed. I'm getting bodied in this episode. I don't like it at all. <laughs> this is my favorite episode. <laughs> if you if you wouldn't mind, I am describing the plot of Dragon Ball GT right now. <laughs> and I can't be interrupted. So, Zudama, uh, he's drunk. It is at this point he discovers that Goku and Pan and Mowgli are watching him. And bitch slaps Trunks into a, a, a bunch of treasure chests in the corner. And then we're like, wow, this is what the relationship's going to look like. This is where it goes from here. <laughs> uh, very troubling affair until he gets too drunk and he falls down, which is how Alex would have been at that fancy restaurant <laughs> had we been there another 30 minutes. <laughs> And from this point on, it's the bird person show. (laughs) Mowgli talks like a bird person. He's got scissors and he's monologuing to nobody. (laughs) (laughs) This is for the children. Uh, He cuts off one of his whiskers and then talks too much. And Zunama wakes back up because he's a fucking stud. (laughs) And uh, he's here to fuck. And so he wakes up. He sees that they're there. And then he threatens to blast them with a volcano. And says wiggly wiggly out loud. He like he can't. He's seeing double vision. It shows us his vision. It's like oh man, you fucked Zunama up, man. You gotta get a taxi for Zunama. <laughs> he shouldn't be in this situation anymore. And so he's like dancing back and forth, and he's going wiggly 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 wiggle, wiggly wiggly wiggle. And then they're like, oh my god, he can't control the earthquakes at all. He's a fraud, like Democratic President Bill Clinton. <laughs> Get him. 
He took an oath and cheated on his wife in office. <laughs> when you're the president, you also made a promise to Jesus. <laughs> Are you a Christian president or a godless dog? <laughs> Why didn't Goku just beat up Bill Clinton at the beginning? Why did they do this whole thing of Trunks dressing up like Hillary? This episode of InfoWars is brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> I mean, uh, Zudaba really does, and I said this before, go through the Jewish experience in America. They thought he could control the weather. He was wrong. They circumcised one of his whiskers. <laughs> kind of botched it, though. <laughs> now he's going to have to explain that every time. <laughs> and in the end, they accept him into society as long as he acts exactly like them. <laughs> wow, that's so real. Specifically, but he's he... in the Hasidic community just based on his views towards women, folks. <laughs> and his secret lingerie. That's so real. (laughs) I've said too much. Uh, So Zunama exposed, uh, says he's a fraud and and pleads for his wife. And he's like, I just predict the earthquakes. Otherwise, my whiskers would be wiggling. And they're like, but Zunama, your whiskers are wiggling. Oh, no. You are the great clown Zunama. Um, And so they know a big earthquake is coming and it's going to set off the volcano they're in. They got to get out of their Scooby-Doo style. (laughs) (laughs) So they all hop in the water and they're swimming. And the music goes... Salad and scrambled eggs. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say it goes... (laughs) 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 They're swimming and swimming away and the lava's coming behind them and they can't swim fast enough except for Zunama who is a catfish. And uh, then Goku uh, is like, I know but I'll do do a beam. But he doesn't say anything because he's under the water and he does a big beam and he's just ass naked and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> his his balls pompously outside of his body and he shoots the beam and <laughs> it sends him flying with all the rest of his friends out of the cave to safety hooray I thought that was fun I thought that was a fun exit that was like the end of the first that. devil may cry <laughs> why does a man do all he can do to obliterate his limits his family uh, and so then, on, like, two more things happen, right? Is uh, Goku... Yes. Two greatest scenes. Two very yeah. different things. Dragon, in any TV show's history. We've all been hearing about this from the news since it happened. But this everybody knows this scene. Everyone's gathered around the village, and they're a happy family once again. They let Zunama into the village, completely forgetting his past history of sex criminal activity. Yeah, like he, <laughs> said, he said he was sorry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> let him... Let him we Talk, play your club. We talked to him. I talked to him, and he said he was sorry. <laughs> he said so, things like, damn, I fucked up there. He's staging his one-man show about it. It's fine. He went up to all of the women, and he said very clearly, wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. <laughs> what wiggly, more do wiggly. you want? <laughs> Wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. Uh, everyone is happy, and they give Goku the Dragon Ball tied to Lane's hair. Wait, you, you skipped a part, though. When yep. Goku Kamehameha's the volcano? No, I th- Oh, I did skip that. Yeah, he destroys yeah. the volcano with <laughs> <Yeah>. a Kamehameha. <laughs> and then everyone's like, well, good. Now that that volcano's gone, <laughs> it won't erupt. Because what? that's how volcanoes work. Yes. Why wouldn't you just do that before? It's not about getting bigger. It's about getting more creative. 
Also, lava is stored in the balls. <laughs> Goku drives a plane into the volcano. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Goku's taking care of the volcano. Everyone's happy. Zunama's forgiven for some reason. And then as Goku's being handed the ball, a character we have never seen before <laughs> grabs it out of his hand and very colloquially is like, I got your ball, sucker, and disappears into a ship. <laughs> That ending, though, is the most incredible ending I've ever seen of a TV show. A dude shows up, takes the thing, disappears, and then the the, the narration goes, who the fuck was that guy? <laughs> I doubt. You've got my attention. I'll be back. Every piece of media should end that exact same way. At the end of Forrest Gump, that guy should just come and it's like, who is this mysterious man who took Jenny? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is happening? What the fuck is AIDS? Find out on the next GT. (laughs) Forrest Gump GT. All right, let's uh, let's rate the episode, and then we have a GT specific email, and then let's get the fuck out of here. Okay, okay, needless to say, I'm giving this seven out of seven Dragon Balls. Yeah, this me was too. A perfect episode. Me three. Yeah, seven out of seven. Yeah, for this sure. is a perfect episode, and luckily, this email is uh, also summoning Shenron. So. I guess I'll just read it. Yeah, we'll yeah. just bring him out for all the things at once. Oh, okay, great. Okay, so uh, arise, Red Shenron. Sorry, <laughs> 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 I was just shooting ropes. Shenron, <laughs> you destroyed an entire village with your rope. <laughs> Oh, there's more! <laughs> disgusting. Dragon ropes! <laughs> uh, okay, Shenron, uh, we have an email from patron uh, Muhammad Albader. Uh, it says, hey y'all, hope everything is going well. I'm sending this before I get shamed publicly on the podcast. <laughs> My name is Muhammad, and I work as a climate change convention representative for an unnamed developing world country. Jesus Christ. Wait. Uh, so he says, uh, I spend most of my time traveling and going to different conferences. Your podcast keeps me company. I've listened to it in at least 10 different countries. All of this traveling <laughs> taught me that Dragon Ball is universal and loved by everyone. Aww. That's right. I've bonded with people <laughs> over Dragon Ball in Nairobi, Singapore, Amsterdam, in parentheses, hee 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 hee. Ooh. Sex work is work, Muhammad. <laughs> and Janine. That's like a Seinfeld episode. You can't hee 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 a prostitute. <laughs> uh, he asks, why do we think that is? And is it because all Dragon Ball characters are POC? Uh, he wraps up, anyways, love the podcast. And my wish for Red Shenron is that we fix climate change so I can get out of UN conference hell. Best regards, Muhammad. That that is one of my favorite. Like, there's just a guy out there who's like, "Fuck, I have to go to the UN again." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, all of our listeners are like, "I have the worst job," and then they describe the most amazing thing, and I'm like, "I'm paid to smile at tourists." Like, I have terrible work. I'm the ambassador of Slam and Puss. <laughs> anyway, is Shenron still here? Well, that's a difficult question, Muhammad. 
First, you can stop by reducing use of your air conditioner. <laughs> then, on a more practical level, reorganize society so there's less consumption and more communication between friends. The future starts with you. Red Shenron was too busy beating off to properly <laughs> grant that wish. <laughs> he seemed a little distracted. Yeah, the world seems the same, but I have this ball of dragon cum. <laughs> Does Shenron always give neoliberal solutions to problems? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to find a consistent thread with Shenron. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, wrap this up, I guess. Uh, David, you have a plug you want to uh, do? Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Espector de Force. Or <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> the way you spell it at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or on Instagram at Raw Spectuality. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Raw Spectuality is easier to spell. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> I've never had a good Twitter name, and I've just had to stop at this one. Surely somebody in a roast battle has done David Spectrum, right? Yeah, I'm not going to do that for myself. Yeah. myself <laughs> well, somebody in a roast battle, people on the street, strangers. People on the street, Jerry. <laughs> All right. This has been Alex's Health Concern Podcast. <laughs> Doctors good say time. I'm fine. <laughs> Good times. It's not how many times your gut balls go in. It's how many times they come back out. Good times. 